This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Welcome to it. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights and information and illumination here on 101.9 High FM. Just after 12 o'clock, good afternoon to you. I'm Nikki Seberini and all I can say is wow. 7 December 2017. You know, where has the time gone? And I'm sure that you can understand and you certainly echo the sentiments. I, I'm exhausted. I mean, this running around, we've just handed in trommels. We've just said to our kids, goodbye, darlings, enjoy camp. Exams have ended and the year has come to an end and it just seems to be heading in the direction at an alarming, alarming rate. But also it's a time for reflection and it's a time to look back with gratitude for all the wonderful things that did happen and all the great things that we do have going on in our lives. And that's why I'm so excited because we've got such a fabulous show lined up for you today and starting off with something that's happening in Joburg of course the incredible DL link bringing it to kids who aren't going to be going on their camps like I've just been talking about and celebrating their December holidays with their friends um, at a camp um, by the sea this is a completely different camp it is a wonderful wonderful initiative and this of course is for children whose parents or siblings are battling cancer at the moment and once again we have the incredible organizer, um, Lee Bender, who is going to be telling us a little bit more about the kids camp happening here in Joburg. Um, just creating a wonderful vibe and a celebration of the year that's passed for those kids who are, you know, battling something on a completely different level. So, Lee, welcome to the show. Lovely, love you having you on the show again and just talking about your fabulous initiative, the kids camp. Tell us, first of all, welcome. How are you? Thank you very well. Thanks for you, Nikki. Outstanding. Thank you, Lee. And just very excited to be talking about the camp. Tell us about it, please. Okay. So you made me sound like something that I'm definitely not. No, you are. Funding, no, without the funding from the community and the help of my daughters and the support of Michelle Goodman and her amazing team at the Dealing, we wouldn't be able to put together something like this. So definitely not alone. And I've been talking about it so excitedly, me and my girls, the whole year we've been thinking of ideas and what to do. And today has been an incredible morning. It's crazy that you're calling me today because three people and individually, um, what would be totally independently approached me and asked if they could contribute by doing different activities. So I just feel like... The community is awesome. Mm. You know, when we chatted last year and you spoke about it and all of a sudden people contributed, you opened it up and all of a sudden you had this money sitting in the account and you could take these kids to uh, out on fabulous excursions and so many people volunteered and opened up, um, you know, their, their facilities also for the different excursions. And, and I just think it's going to be the same and perhaps even bigger, um, Lee. So, so let's get the community involved. Um, let's just talk about the details though. When when does the camp take place um, uh, in terms of ages of the kids as well and what can they expect and then how can the community get involved? Okay, great. So we've had a few people, young kids, we've said over three we prefer. So we've got from five-year-olds to 12-year-olds mm-hmm. and from all different schools. There are a few 
the, obviously because it's new this year, a lot of the kids don't know other kids. We're excited to welcome back old campers as well. Um, we're kicking off on Friday morning. We've just confirmed seats at the Civic Theatre in Bronfenstein for the pantomime Pinocchio. Hmm. So we're busy packing up little gift packs that the kids can all have nash because God forbid a Jewish kid doesn't have nash while they're at a show. So um, that'll be an exciting um, outing to start off with. Great. And parents are amazing. I've had so many of my friends offering help with lifts because it's a lot of logistics to organize that there's enough parental um, influence and lift sure. to each activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next week we plan to go to down trampoline park. They haven't confirmed yet. And we're doing a self-defense expo. Somebody's offered to come and do it, our kids. We've got a professional baker who called me this morning who's very happy to come and do a two-hour demo that the kids can go home with gorgeous cupcakes that they have decorated for their families. Oh, divine. So that's just a few ideas of what we're hoping to do in December, and then we'll continue in January. Oh, Lee, that sounds so exciting, really. Um, but of course, you know, besides everyone helping with lifts and people, as I said, opening facilities, there is a cost. And I know that for each child, there's a cost to the DL link because the, the, the camp is free of charge. Um, you're not asking anyone to pay anything. And um, the DL link really covers the cost and it's, they're looking at about 1800 rand per child. And so we always put it out to the community because this community is just this large, vessel of of generosity and giving um and so so I think it's a great thing to to put it out there. And if people want to contribute, Lee, if people want to volunteer in terms of lifts and help, or if they want to make a monetary contribution, how do they do that? That that could be amazing, Nikki. So Michelle has the details of our Dear Link special projects um, bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have them on me. I'll give I'll give out those details. Okay, That's you'll perfect. give it out. That would be amazing if they could just reference it. We call ourselves the Cool Kids Camp. That would be amazing. And um, even just to call the office with anybody who's got big vans or big cars that are happy to help with lifts or meals because we want to feed our kids. We want them to just have a fun, filled, um, happy outings every day. Wonderful Lee. Thank you so much to you and your beautiful daughters, volunteering of your time, your ideas and let's just hope it's another huge success this year. Thank you for your time. Thank you Nikki. We're so excited and we look forward to having everybody join us. Thank you Nikki. Have a great holiday. Thank you and and you too. Kola kavod. Thank you Lee. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Bye. Lee Bender, and she's the brainchild behind this kids' camp, and her and her daughters volunteer their times. And what an extraordinary thing to take children, as I said, whose parents are battling cancer, whose siblings are battling cancer, and just taking them away from their worries. They're not going on holiday, but here they go on a fantastic kids' camp. If you'd like to volunteer, perhaps you have some time, you've got a big car, um, you can always call the DL link on 011-485-3269 if you can help with logistics or volunteering of your time. And if you'd like to help in terms of money, which is always, always welcome, as I said, the DL link are, are footing the bill of 1,800 Rand per child. If you can help them out, um, then this is the bank account detail just to quickly jot down. And uh, if you can make some kind of donation, it would be so hugely, hugely appreciated. So the account, it's called DL link special 
Projects. It's Ned Bank and the account number, I'll say it slowly so you can write it down. It's double one, two, three, double four, nine, eight, six, four. And the reference is Cool Kids Camp. Once again, it's the DL Link Special Projects is the account name. Ned Bank is the bank account number, double one, two, three, double four, nine eight six four reference cool kids camp if you miss any of those details then you can contact the dl link directly on o double one four eight five three two six nine so i have someone in the studio who's going to be speaking to us in just a moment um her kids went on the camp last year and she's got some feedback and she's going to tell us about this wonderful wonderful experience so in a moment ronnie hershevitz will be speaking to us stay with us this is LifeLinks with a DL link. Welcome back. If you have just tuned in, you are tuned to 101.9 Chai FM, and this is the DL Link Show. This is where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. And 2017 has been, it's been a phenomenal year. You know, the DL Link has once again done incredible, incredible things, sending people, groups, a wonderful team to um, Jerusalem for the Jerusalem Marathon. And in 2018, they are sending another team just bigger, um, celebrating Israel. Israel's 70th birthday, and in celebration, they're going to be sending over a team of 70 people. I'll be giving you a few more details if you'd like to get involved. Um, Wonderful, incredible fundraisers throughout the year. And once again, you, the community, always coming together to ensure that the DL Link does what they do best, and that is helping our community in such a spiritual, incredibly emotional, uplifting way. So we were talking about the kids' Camp that's happening. Um, Lee Bender was telling us about this great initiative. And I said that one of the moms um, will be in the studio, and she is. And I'm really delighted to welcome Ronnie Hershevitz into the studio, whose child went to camp last year. So, Ronnie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And your child went to this camp last year. Yes. How did you hear about it? Fill us in, because you, you are a warrior. Yes, I am. Tell us a little bit more. Well, I heard about it uh, through Michelle, mm-hmm. and of course, from experience, anything that Michelle and the Dear Link uh, organize is always a resounding success, so I didn't even think twice. I said, absolutely. Um, and, you know, words cannot express my gratitude to the Dear Link group and to Lee Bender, who's an incredible, incredible lady. My daughter, who was then turning five, had the time of her life. She got to experience the most amazing things that I could never uh, have her experience without them. Let me ask you this, um, Ronnie. At the time, so if we go back a year, were you going through treatment at the time? How, or had you finished treatment? Where were you in terms of your, your, your road? I had finished treatment, mm-hmm. um, going through um, post-treatment um Medication, which is quite uh, very taxing right. on the body. Right. Um, it's got terrible side effects. And the Deer Link have been truly amazing from the beginning, from when, since I was put in touch with them. And they still help me now. They're still there for me mm. um, through the talks that they hold, the spa days, and obviously as, as we are, what we are discussing now, which is the Cool Kids Camp. 
Um, and the dear soul of Devorah Leah is exalted and elevated through the amazing work that they do daily. Mm. So, Ronnie, being a mom and going through treatment and then the post-treatment and having this young girl who doesn't always understand what's happening. And, you know, we want to be present moms and we want to be energetic and be able to be there. And I think that emotionally I sometimes go into that place and think, how how could I possibly cope with something like that? Um, So to have the opportunity to send your daughter to a camp must have been a wonderful relief for you. Tell us how she was. How did she respond? Did she love it? Was she able to disconnect from you? How was it for you disconnecting from her in those few days when she went <laughs> off and experienced these great things? Well, she took an immediate liking to Lee and her daughters who <laughs> were tirelessly working and helping and, and, and schlepping and everything. Um, what an incredible family. What absolute maidles they have raised. She is she did not stop talking about them and asking. She asked for, I think, for at least the first six months of this year, she kept on asking for, for Lee Bender. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> she had an absolutely amazing time. Every day when I'd fetch her, she was absolutely beaming and Aww. she just had the most wonderful experiences and her daughters just embraced her and, and treated her as, as their own. Oh, fabulous. Is she going this year? Absolutely. And once she's been, you can't hold her back. Absolutely. And uh, when we informed her that, uh, you know, that it's happening again this year, she, every day she asks me, are you taking me to Lee Bender today? And I keep on having to tell her it's only during school holidays. Oh, shame, man. But that's wonderful, Ronnie. That's fantastic. Well, hopefully we're going to have a lot more kids coming to the camp. Um, and Lee just sounds like her and her daughters are putting their heads together. And every day, you know, just thinking about more exciting things for, they, for the children. Yeah, they really are. And yeah. what, what brilliant heads they've got and what energy they've got mm. and oomph and dedication. Mm. It's a wonderful thing. A wonderful thing. Absolutely. There are such – Lee and her her girls are an absolute kiddush Hashem and I take my hat off to them and thank God for them. And I, I cannot express my gratitude. And she's so humble. She and it gives her is. so much joy. It's yes. So much joy. That's what this is all about. It's, it's a wonderful it's the giving. It's the cycle of life, the giving, the receiving. And so the flow continues. Ronnie, thanks for coming on to the show. Thank you. Thanks and for sharing. Thank you, dear Link and Lee Bender. And thank you to this incredible community that I have the honor and privilege to, to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie, thank you. Lots of good health your way. We're going to take a break um, and we've got a mom and daughter team coming onto the show. Wow, another fantastic story. And we're also going to be looking at logotherapy. So you don't want to go anywhere. Stay with us. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. This is 101.9 Chai FM. Welcome. Thank you for staying with us. Um, I'm Nikki Seberini. And wow, we really have some fabulous guests who have joined us on the show. Um, this is the DL Link Show. This is where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. And our next guests are certainly going to be doing that. Um, I've had the privilege of interviewing um, Tali Natus from the Holocaust and Genocide Center over the years on radio. And every Every time she brings with her such extraordinary experience, beautiful, beautiful stories, um, insights. And so today, 
Tully is coming onto the show really as Tully um, with her own very personal life and her own very personal story and not talking about the Holocaust and not talking about genocide, but talking about her life. And that's what we love about the DL Link is that we have warriors who come on and reveal things that perhaps we, we, we had no idea that this world even existed. And that's the in the revealing is the connection. Um, and so Tully and her daughter, Kim are in the studio. Um, just last week, they were at a breakfast um, and they were sharing their story for the very first time. So it's a fresh, it's not a fresh story um, for Tully and Kim at all, but certainly to the outside world, to the public, within the public domain, this is a very fresh story. So we are so delighted that they have joined us today and that they've decided to share a very personal part of their life with us. So Tully and Kim, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And Tully, as I said, you know, I've, I've sat opposite you many times and it's been such a, it's been very personal because of your personal story in terms of the Holocaust, but it's kind of been that story. And now we're moving and we're focusing the light very much on you uh, in a completely different way. Wow, you are a cancer warrior. Who would have known? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and the Holocaust uh, story, personal story and the cancer story are also linked. Yeah. So it's all sort of coming together. And 10 years later, perhaps it's time to speak about that. Time to speak. Well, thank you for coming and, and on this platform sharing the story. So, Tali, you, there's been quite a bit of cancer in your family. Absolutely. Tell us. So many of the listeners know that my father was on Schindler's List. Yes. I shared that uh, w- with with our audience before. What perhaps they don't know is that my father died of brain cancer uh, when I was just about 12 years old, 12 he was and young. a half years old. How old he was he? 48 years old. 48. He was a very young man. Um, so that is sort of the one side of the story. And also his father, so my grandfather, also died of cancer in Poland uh, before the Second World War. So these are the sides that are less known. Um, And of course, what is not known is that I uh, had cancer twice and uh, actually started the Holocaust Center in the midst of uh, the second cancer. Phenomenal. Let's talk about that first, because also so young, you were 24 years old? Yes. Wow. What was the cancer? So... So, um, just met my husband, Clive, mm-hmm. um, got married, uh, went on my honeymoon and came back to discover that I have, uh, cancer in my thyroid and parathyroid glands. Uh, and within two months of my wedding, I was on the operation table and into treatment. And since then, of course, living without, uh, um, much of my parathyroid and only a quarter of my thyroid is treatable. It is fine. Uh, I was very young. I treated it as it happened. Let's go forward. And so the prognosis was, was good, it. and that's yes. what they told you. So, I mean, at the age of 24, meet your man, married. You go from the very heights of honeymoon, Absolutely. the absolute heights, the, the best you could possibly be, 
to being told you have cancer and of course that cancer word but you're resilient you have this resilience about you um and and obviously that helped you on on this journey absolutely i think that i um born you know born to a family of holocaust survivors and in that resilience of growing up with with trauma all around mm. me made me i think more resilient um with 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 difficulties at times. Uh-huh. I mean, I must say, you know, it's not easy to lose your father at the age of 12 and a half. It's not easy, as I shared last week, not to be um, asked to to come to the funeral because you are a little child and we need to protect you and not having that closure, uh, you know. So, so I, I carried stuff. Lots. Mm. But when I was diagnosed, and it is the shock and you know, you come, you come to your operation and then the treatment after and so on. I think the resilience was carrying me forward and, and there was strength that said, it's okay. You know, I'm young, I'm strong, I'm, you know, beginning of my life. The prognosis is very good. Mm-hmm. They can remove everything. They did this ink therapy that they, they do and all the rest. I'm all tr- on Eltroxin all my life. Fine, I'm thin. It's, yeah. Isn't it like great? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> what a bargain. <laughs> oh, I love you, Charlie. So, so there you go on. Um, move forward, do what you do, and that's just strive and do what you do. Have kids. And then in 2007, another diagnosis. Absolutely. So, so again, you think that you had the one, so you're done. You, you know, you tick that, tick that, yes. done that, all fine. Um, and in 2007, I was working then um, in Vulindlela, another organization that did uh, reconciliation and, and transformation work. Um, and they went for my normal mammogram, as I do. I'm very, very aware of it. I go every year, went for my mammogram and they, they said, no, 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 we see something. We need to do a biopsy. Went for my biopsy and, uh, you know, luckily again, it's the luck, uh, that I was diagnosed with breast cancer, but very early stage. Mm-hmm. So it was less than, t- uh, than 10 millimeters. So it was, you know, in an early stage, went to consult many doctors, many people, and, um, they decided on the treatment and, you're talking resilience. So I'm asking my doctor, all right, so you, we need to do the operation, you know, just, just a, a, a not full mastectomy, uh, just a half or, or whatever they have to do. But I need to go on March of the Living to um, Poland because I promised to lead the tour. Can I actually go? Is it okay? Can I start the treatment after? And he said, Absolutely, you can go. So I did my operation, went on March of the Living, you remember that. And no one knew. And no one knew. And I led the tour, three buses, came back and started my, uh, my treatment in May. Um, wow. And uh, radiotherapy treatment only to then have, uh, my daughter. More news. Yeah. My and we're gonna cu- we're gonna come to Kim because I I, I want to just rewind to that and I I want us to just go to that place when you diagnosed with breast cancer, you told that you need the lumpectomy, um and you say I've got to go on this tour and you go on this tour and I want to know what's going through your mind every day I want to know when you wake up and you're taking people through this very very emotional tour, um which you are so attached mm. to. 
what's happening in your mind? Do, 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 does the thought about yourself, your battle come into it? I'm really intrigued. It's really interesting. I actually didn't speak about it last week because, you know, so much is going on when you speak about something for the right. first time. Of course. Uh, and in March when I was diagnosed and, and uh, you know, need to deal with it and going to all the different doctors and then getting the good news. It's good news that mm. you don't need full mastectomy. It's mm. good news that it's early. Um, you know, and, and, and you think, it's funny because I am a person that is my personality. I see the half full cup. Mm. That's how I it's am. Just always was like that. Are, always right. the half full glass. Sorry, and um, and 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 the minute it was half full glass, it is. It's treatable. It's early. It's that. So it is shock. I'm not saying that I didn't cry or I didn't tell the family or I didn't. You know, it, it, it is there, but with it, there's always. Well, it's good news, you know, mm. it's okay. Mm. And then I promised, I said that I'm going to take a bus, you know, I can't let them down. This is my life. It's Holocaust. It's my yeah. life. I'm doing the March of the Living since, you know, uh, for, t- for 20 years, I can't suddenly let them down. So go there. And what I can tell you is that it is a very emotional trip. And it mm. doesn't matter if I went 15 times before. It is an emotional trip. And it is to go to the places where my father was, mm. plush of concentration camp, other places. And it was emotionally very difficult for me. That trip was very difficult mm-hmm. for me emotionally because I think it hooked me on many, many, yeah. many levels. Yeah. Uh, I didn't tell anyone, but I was dealing with both at the same time and sure. then coming back and doing everything else. Wow. And then coming back and finding out about Kim, your yes, daughter. Absolutely. So, Kim, I'm going to bring you on uh, board at this stage. Okay. Um, and uh, it's so lovely to meet you, may I just say. Thanks. I think your mom's incredible. You must be very proud of her. eh? Of course I am. (laughs) (laughs) And growing up in a family where your mom is, you know, very out there in terms of the Holocaust and genocide and the messages and your family, your heritage, where you come from and the struggle. What was that like for a young girl? What, how how did you grow up in that space? (laughs) Um, it was very difficult. In some ways, um, in others, I'm so grateful for that uh, because I think both me and my brother are much more thoughtful and um, compassionate in engaging with the world uh, because it was shoved down our throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, gently. <laughs> very gently. gently. Um, and look, I, I really try to run away from that. Um mm. I was definitely the one in the family that was more interested in that side, um, in the Holocaust, in genocide and human rights issues. Uh, but after all the camps, after everything, I moved very far away, I think, to try to get away from everything. Um, I went to the States and I thought, I'm not going to, to be in that world. I'm not going to do it. I'll do, I wanted to be a Japanese businesswoman. <laughs> <laughs> Far away as possible. Um, <laughs> Japanese businesswoman. And seven years later, <laughs> I found my way back here, and now I'm working at the center. Started a small project and never left. Mm. Three years later, um, so obviously there was something in how we were raised, in being surrounded by that history, mm. and more over the lessons of that history. Mm. 
Um, because I haven't grown up being, you know, oh, shame what happened to us, uh, anti-Semitism everywhere, this is so terrible. It's I want to be a good human being. That's nice. what she taught me, right. that I want to love everyone. I want to make sure we live in a world where no one suffers what our family suffered through. Mm. Um, and that was very important is the way that she teaches the history mm. is very different, I think, than other f- families. Mm. So I'm grateful for that. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. But it was very much, I can imagine, when you're younger, you're in that story, part of your mom's story, and you needed the space. Yeah, definitely. To, to find your <laughs> way of dealing with it. So it could be your story. Yeah. So that would be yours. And oh, that's, that's it. Yeah, it's Kim. always living under her shadow, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big wow. shoes to fill, oh, which I'll never a, fill. What a magnificent, <laughs> what a magnificent, um, what a magnificent, I wouldn't say shadow, what, what a beautiful shining light, you know. Yes. I, light no. is better yeah. than <laughs> <laughs> We'll okay, go with fine. that. I'll Kim, go with it. So, so to have this strong mother of yours, with this strong, powerful message to be diagnosed um, in your matric year mm. with cancer must have come at quite, must have been quite a shock for you. So it's interesting because we, we were speaking about this last week for the first time, really, that um, and I think it was also through Lauren's book that you were reading it and comparing how we all go through cancer. And my mom is the superwoman and she just like you could go on March of the Living and not tell people that you have cancer. That's how you are, mm. is you do not let people know your weaknesses, that you're struggling with something. Mm. You just do the work that needs to be done because you have almost like a bigger calling. And that was honestly how it was at home is she told us and we were very upset. And then it's terrible to say, but we almost forgot about it because she never showed any weakness. She never showed that she was struggling. We went to the hospital when you had your surgery and that was, you know, oh no, so what's going didn't through into your home? Not at all. And, and sit there no. for that period of time. It was just something that you were dealing with yeah. and life continued. She protected mm-hmm. us from all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my brother was much younger, so I think he ha- would have even less recollection of that. But it doesn't play an important role, which is crazy because yeah. it's such an important thing in in your life. Yeah. But she completely protected us from that, and she does. She still does that in terms of hiding the bigger things that she goes through and the pain that she goes through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing, Tally. Wow. So, Kim. <laughs> Within a short period of time, tell us what happened to you. So in June of 2007, I was doing my um, June exams in matric and um, I got a cold. So we went to the doctor and she felt um, lumps um, by my lymph nodes. Um, and she was concerned. Uh, so I I went to go get a biopsy, but we really didn't think of, well, I certainly didn't think of cancer at that time. Um, of course not. No. 18 years old. No. 17. No, of course. I was 17 no, no, at the no, time. Of course not. Wow. And especially considering, I mean, what, <laughs> what would be the chances that mm. both of us would get it that year? Mm. Um, and yeah, and then <laughs> you got the phone call and... I was in the bed and I could just hear her on the phone and she was really upset and crying and she came to me afterwards and told me that I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. 
When your mm. mom tells you you have that, you're in your final matric year, Jeez. you've got your whole world planned out. Who am I? What am I going to yeah. be? The Japanese businesswoman. <laughs> and yeah. then you're told you have cancer. No, it was crazy. I mean, my whole world was turned around. Um, and I think, especially as a kid, um, the way you process it is so different. Because uh, I still had people to look after me, so I didn't have to worry about that practical side that my parents were worrying about, getting me to the oncologist, the treatment, the right. payment, right. the what's going to happen to her, is she going to survive? Like, for me, it was really just what is this going to mean in my life? Um, can I finish matric? What's going to happen? I'm going to be bald at my matric dance. Um, a boy's going to like me, you know, yeah. all these things that were so important in my life. How was it going to be disrupted? Um, so I think mom, your experience with me having it was very, very different. Um, from me as a kid and that's even Lauren's book which is amazing um I couldn't relate to it at all because she's going through it as a mother um and I'm sure for you as well going through the cancer you your mother you're thinking what is the impact on your your family you're trying to protect them you're worrying about your mortality what you're going to see for me none of those questions came into into the equation Mm -hmm. it was about right there in that moment and going to university and I had a whole trip planned out and now they were telling me I couldn't go on that trip. I was like, this is so unfair. Like, what? (laughs) So it was all about that now. It wasn't really about the future or... And once again, I mean, you started off talking about your mother protecting you all the time, Mm. and that gave you the space to do that. To just think about the now and think about Mm. my trip, my vow, you know, because your mom held you in such an incredible way. And Tully... You know, you promise the, the, the march of the living, so you go and you do it, and you don't bring the cancer into the home. You deal with it. But now it wasn't about you. It was about your daughter. And so yet another another mm. challenge thrown your way, but mm. you couldn't dodge it. Yeah. And when I say dodge it, I don't mean dodge it. I mean, you know, process it where you're dealing because now it's out of yeah. out of your control. And that and must have just it's been much worse. worse. Yeah. It's much worse. So, so – with my own good diagnosis, you know, road ahead, I can deal. I can deal. That's it's fine. It. You can deal. I can deal yeah. with it. You Mine know, was I good think, too. Yeah, <laughs> I got a good cancer. Excellent cancer. I know. But with your excellent cancer, that was the best cancer to have. The best cancer. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we were competing. Which cancer is better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We had, um, you know, it was it was hard for the family. Her brother was ten years old. Um, you know, I'm going to my treatment. She's going to her treatment. Both of us are going through treatment at the same time. At that stage, the minute Kim was diagnosed, I could not even think about my cancer. My cancer was not important. It's like a little cold that will pass course, away. It's not it's, even important. I can relate. So to it's that, only yeah. you, you only me, my husband, everyone. Only thinking about Kim, only thinking about her prognosis, that mm. was also good, but meant chemotherapy. I had radiotherapy mm. that is the good treatment, yeah. you know, yeah. only a burnt, you know, yeah. and whatever. But, but so, so everything was with Kim. And, and then when everything was fine and she was clear and she was, you know, only after that and months after that, I could even start looking at 
myself again. Mm. And I was telling last week the, the point of going for, I don't know if it was the first time or mm. the second time that we went to the doctor and I had a new car and we drove to do, to, just for a checkup for her. And I scratched the car, this new car, nothing major. Did I break down? I totally broke down yeah. as if my world fell apart. It was a safe a breakdown. It was a safe breakdown, yes. but did I break down? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. the breakdowns of the breakdowns. You, need it. Oh, you <laughs> needed it. Thank goodness your car got scratched. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know. And then, then I allowed myself to think about yeah. myself, to think about hair, to think about uh, yeah. the bigger picture and, and you know, to to to... to do these things. And of course, the one thing that we didn't speak about last, last year was that your dream, your vision was to go to Japan. Japanese <laughs> yeah. businesswoman to go to Japan for a, a course and a holiday. So what do I do? I take you to Japan <laughs> after Yeah, everything. that was the really? compromise. That was the compromise. We did it together. We, we wow. did it together. What was that trip like, Kim? What was that like? <laughs> oh, it was amazing on the one hand because... I mean, I love Japan. So, um, <laughs> and, and doing it together, you still helped me have my dream in a way that was possible and that was safe. Um, and I wasn't the same person afterwards that wanted all of that stuff before. So in a way, I think it was the perfect way to go there. But it was very difficult. I was still sure the hair was such yeah, an weak. issue for me. I was... Very weak, yeah, and I was wearing still my wig because I didn't want people to see me with the short hair, mm. and that was mm. like traveling in insane Japanese humidity with this annoying wig on your wig. head oh. and feeling disgusting in your own body, mm. and um, but being able to go with you, I think instead of I couldn't have done that alone. I wasn't ready to go off and do that on my own, and you were there, and although sometimes like. I get so overwhelmed by by your support and trying to help me. Um, and I really need it, you know, and and you give it just without thinking, you know, unconditionally you're just there. Even when I get angry at you, I'm like, I don't need your help. Leave me alone. I'm a big girl. Well, I actually do need your help, so thank you. <laughs> Sounds like Thanks a conversation I was having with my son just yesterday. Stop treating me like a child. Mom, please help me. Please. Exactly, exactly. Stop it, but also continue. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. And I love sitting here and watching the two of you. It's such a privilege to see and experience it. It really, really is. Let's take a break and we're going to be right back. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Well, good afternoon. If you have just tuned in, this is the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. And it certainly is illuminating having Tully Nates, who's the director of the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center in the studio with her daughter, Kim. They're talking about, wow, their journey, their cancer journey, which they shared really. Tully um, diagnosed for the second time with cancer in 2007. It was breast cancer. 
And just a few months later, Kim being diagnosed um, also with cancer. And just how it's been a very personal story. But for the first time in the past week, Tully and Kim have put it out in the public domain. Um, and they're just talking about this incredible journey, the individual um, journey and this collective journey that they went on. Um, Kim, I, I just want to go back to you spoke about going to Japan with your mom feeling weak. And you, you spoke about when you were first diagnosed with cancer, how, you know, in the moment you were thinking about your exams, studying, your holidays, your hair falling out, being a teenager, and here you sit, this young woman, this beautiful young woman, you went on a journey and you've returned back helping your mom and doing, you know, working on your own projects, but going very much back to your roots. So I I just want to ask you, this journey that you have been on, um, so often warriors sit opposite me and say, it was a gift on, on some level because I learned so much what did you learn and I'm sure you're still learning and just right now with you talking about it publicly you're you're going to be learning a lot more but what did you take Mm. away from it yeah I think the more we talk about it the more we can unpack what it created in our lives and um, obviously no one can no one can be happy about their cancer Um, and I never want in these conversations to come across as if it it is not the worst thing. Um, and it is 90% of the time it is awful. Mm. Um, but definitely I'm also the person who I am today because of my experience. And I'm proud of that person. I learned a lot about my weaknesses. I think I've become a much more emotional and compassionate person after going through that, um, which I love and hate about myself. (laughs) I think that, control freak side of me which still exists um but i had to learn that i couldn't control everything and it was so important always wanted everything perfect at school at home the perfect plans applying to the perfect things this is how my life is going to be and it just wasn't possible and telling my oncologist well this is where i want to go and he said no that was one of my biggest breakdowns where I couldn't do what I had planned. Right. Um, and I think learning to deal with the unknown and to come back stronger from it. It's something I learned from you, mom, is to say, well, it's not working out. Well, what are we going to do now and move on? Because if you just stay in that bad space and keep worrying about and you're allowed to, you're allowed to say, why me? And to say, this is not fair and to have a good cry. Mm-hmm. That is always good. But then what are you going to do next? You can't stay in that place. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's probably the biggest lesson that's come out of it is trying to move forward. And even now, I mean, dealing with episodes of depression and figuring out how to move forward from that. And I think that the cancer has actually taught me not to stay in that space and to keep fighting to be happy, Um, fight for my life. That's the biggest thing. Wow, 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 wow. Tali, how does that feel? Mom sitting wow. here listening to your daughter express <laughs> yeah. that. It's, it's really is amazing. You know, cancer, as I said, in my, in my personal story, the way my father and my grandfather died of it, it's not always a good prognosis in uh-huh. the end. We are, of course, so grateful that in my two cases and Kim's case, the prognosis was good, and uh, we both learned so much from it. She is just unbelievable young woman. 
really is unbelievable young woman very very smart very emotionally mature unbelievable she, you were always like that from the age of seven she used to tell us what to do but <laughs> which was a bit challenging at the time but now it's wonderful <laughs> now she just tell us what to no, do no I think I'm still challenging <laughs> but I, I love think it. Nikki you know what I I think what you learn when when your child is is going through this very very difficult period I think we love our kids we all love our kids mm. but it is an unconditional love that is beyond anything that I could have um, imagined I think mm. for all of us it is just to be there fully 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 be there and that was a gift perhaps a gift it was right. a difficult gift right oh, well, I, I wish I could learn it in other ways mm. but it was a gift because She needed us, and she needed so, us daily, hourly, in so the middle Tully, of the night. If she, and if she was feeling maybe moody, you weren't thinking, oh, well, she's speaking to me in a certain way. I mean, I'm her mother. You, you were so – I see what you're saying. It took the, the parent – the acceptance mm. – Absolutely. On like another, it's another level. level. I, I so it's really another level. Mm, I don't remember even was. now the details. I'll need to sort of unpack it more. But remember in instances where you didn't, you know, at night, nightmares, uh, uh, um, talking gibberish and, you know, when you had that, the, these other drugs that way, you know, and you just accept everything. That's you, it. there's a comfort there. there. You are there mm. just to be there. It's not about judgment. No judgment. That's it. That's the, it. And, 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 and it's not that now I'm not getting across with him. <laughs> you know, mother, daughter, you, uh, yes. with your son. Yes. Uh, but, but it does teach you that it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And you can, you know, and it, yeah, it's okay. Just yeah. calm down. It's fine. Life. I love the way you put that, Tully. Yeah. I love the way you put mm. that. And also that you said you wish you had learned those lessons. Without it. Without <laughs> it. Yeah. So that's it, isn't it? It's finding and going very, very deep within as often as we possibly yeah. can to try and find the lessons Absolutely. in that. How wonderful. Oh, have I loved having you both on the show. Thank you for your sharing, your beautiful insights. I send you all my love, and I'm sure I just I speak for the rest of the community listening. Um, thank you. Wonderful. Kim, Tully, Nates, thank you for being on the show with thank us today. You. Thank you so much. Mm, you. Beautiful. And wait, guys, because, wow, the guest to follow is just going to take everything we've heard. We're going to really start unpacking. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. 101.9 Chai FM, the DL Link Show and adjust. Uh, we just keep getting deeper and deeper. It's, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to witness and listen to. And so Leslie Witt, who is our next guest, who is a logotherapist and that's with the Victor Frankel Institute. She's a neuroscience coach. Um, and also a mother of a cancer survivor. So we're going to be talking, uh, about Leslie's life and we're going to be also looking back on the story we've just heard and that was Tully and Kim's story. Leslie, welcome onto the DL Link Show. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much Thanks. for joining us. Thanks a lot. So, I mean, when you sit here, you listen to cancer stories. Mm. We've had cancer warriors. You have your own cancer story. Your son was diagnosed with cancer. Yes, when he was one. One. How is a one-year-old diagnosed with cancer? Because I know how difficult it is to diagnose cancer 
child cancer. His eye was jumping at seven months old, but I was the only one who could see it. Mm-hmm. And the doctors thought I was very neurotic. Really? And at one year old, his irises started rotating at 360 degrees and his head was nodding consistently. So by then, a diagnosis was quite easy. Yeah. And, and he was diagnosed with uh, a brain tumor? Yes, and it was hectic. He was only given a 48-hour prognosis. What? Yeah. yeah. So take us through that, Liz. How do, you, how do you find your way through something like that? Um, I did everything as every parent would, or we did everything at the time. So we went, we, through our doctor, we contacted the Rebbe. Mm-hmm. Um, and spoke to his two IC. She was. Um, and he gave us a lot of direction because he. Well, why the Rebbe? Why would you go in that direction? Be- I'm sure in lots of directions, but why that? Because my doctor, it was fortuitous. The doctor that I had at the time was very from, and he put me. That is incredible. That, that direction. And yeah, he told us a lot of things. Um, what day he wanted the op, he uh, contacted his contacts from around the world, sure. medical contacts, etc. And I said to him, I remember saying two things to him. I have 13 mezuzahs mm-hmm. on my door. Is 13 a good number? And he said, if you have 13, it's a good number. And the second thing I said was, will Daniel survive? Because... It was a grim prognosis, Mm -hmm. and he said, this soul will survive. He didn't say for how long. He just said, this soul will survive. Yeah, yeah. And, and with that gave that, me such a lot of hope. Oh, and with that and with the date for the, for the, the correct date for the surgery and everything, mm. he went and he had the tumor removed? He had part of it removed. Of they it? couldn't remove all of it. It was on both optics, mm-hmm. and it was went from the frontal lobe right to the back. Oh. So he had part of it removed, and then uh, six months later, he, he had radiation therapy. Sure, for a little mm. one-year-old. Oh, that must have been very difficult. So difficult as parents. And for Daniel? Um, I think it was more difficult for his brother. Really? He how was old, only how? two years old, oh. and he was witnessing all this. Not only did was there a new sibling, but now everyone was concerned about Daniel and mm. focusing on him, and him probably being confused, not knowing what was going on. No, sure. uh, uh, funnily enough, I was told at that stage to focus on him. Really? And, and you although did? your focus is um, on the on the child with the illness, we tried very hard. To focus on the other child. She was. Mm. And so, Leslie, how, how did that change you? I mean, how, how did your life um, move forward from something, that, those kind of challenges with such a young child? Oh, it totally changed me because I think before that I was very much on a success path. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be successful. I had a business and I want to succeed and I want to make a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. And it changed me. Um, into a, it put me in a direction where I really started appreciating um, that Daniel had survived and knew that I was here for something bigger than myself. 
And so that start, you you went on to a different path completely. Totally, totally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And looking for meaning yes. within this experience was was a driving force for you. I found meaning at every moment. Right. Wow. Um, in this experience, I still do. I took him horse riding yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, How was that? Um, it's fabulous, except for his swearing. Okay. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, is it involuntary swearing? In, it seems involuntary, yeah. Uh-huh. How uh, old is he now? He's 33. Gee whiz. Yeah. And his other brother, I think it shaped his life as well, because he's a doctor. Is he? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. What a story. I mean, you and I can do a whole show on the story, <laughs> and I'd so love to hear more. I'm hoping mm. that you'll join us again, and maybe Thank we can you. expand on that story. Thank Leslie. you, Nikki. Yeah. But, you know, you neuroscience um, coach, and what really fascinates me is the logotherapy. Mm. Of course, Viktor Frankl's book, Man's mm. Search for Meaning, mm. I read it. Wow, it was such a shifting book. And you are a logotherapist. So te- what, what is logotherapy? So logotherapy is the work of Dr. Viktor Frankl. He had started it before he was uh, taken into the camps. Um, I didn't know that. Yes, he had started on his logotherapy. Okay. He actually took his manuscript with him mm. but uh, and sewed it into the lining of a jacket, Mm -hmm. but that was taken from him. He got another jacket, and in the lining of that jacket, he found the Shema, which was very, very interesting. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But um, he observed human behavior in the camps. That was really what shaped his logotherapy. Mm-hmm. And so logotherapy, you say, is a Greek word for meaning. Logos, Logos. is the Greek word for meaning, mm-hmm. and logotherapy is healing through meaning. Okay. So you are a logotherapist. Yes. And what are you saying? What does logotherapy say? That you have to find meaning in struggle, or if you find meaning in life, the, the struggle mm-hmm. is diminished? Or is that the same thing? <laughs> One can find meaning in the pain and despite the pain. Uh-huh. However, uh, there are three avenues to meaning, and that is what we create in our lives. So that can be an artwork. It can be a relationship. It can be the work we do. It's what we experience in our life, which includes pain, unavoidable pain, mm-hmm. and um, and it's also our attitude towards So unavoidable pain. So what do we do with unavoidable pain? What attitude do we take towards it? Hmm. Wow. So those are the three avenues to meaning. So you you observed, you were here when Tully and Kim were here. And Tully turned around and she said, I am a glass half full person. Yes. So she always sees the positive in everything. Yes. You know the story of her family. I mean, everything's about the Holocaust and Genocide Center. She was diagnosed twice. It was never about her. It was always about going and still helping Mm. other people, being there Mm. for other people. So Frankl talks about self-transcendence, and he says that is what we are really here for, to reach beyond ourselves for the good of others, to connect, to be there Mm -hmm. in the world for others. And we all have a calling. A calling will come to us as the calling came to me with Daniel, Mm -hmm. to be the best mother that I can be. Mm -hmm. We all have a calling, and a calling will find us. Mm -hmm. We have purpose. 
we have purpose in each moment. The rapport we're having with one another, mm-hmm. that has meaning. Right. And then we have ultimate meaning, which might come as something totally unexpected to us. Wow. So if we had to, and I don't want to analyze Tali mm. and Kim's situation, but mm. just interesting for mm. for listeners who can relate to maybe mm. a personality type as mm. opposed to the actual mm. situation. Mm. So the person who says that if I have a challenge, I'm, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm still thinking about service. I'm still thinking about my meaning. Mm. I'm still thinking about giving to others. Mm. So where is it that you are able to work through what it is that you're going through so you can mm. almost release that tension? Or is just the fact that you are going beyond yourself helping others, the release of that tension. As no, a, as no, a therapist, no. Make no, sorry. As a therapist, how, how, mm. how do you see that? I see that as one, I had a lot, we had as a family, a lot of difficulty. We did mm-hmm. in processing when everything was unfolding in the drama, mm-hmm. in the, the, the so-called drama was, was easier to deal with. It was the aftermath. Of what now we were left. Um, you mean because dra- drama, you're dealing with yes, it. You're taking action. Yeah. You're sorting it out. You're not yeah. actually sitting with yeah, what happened. Absolutely. Okay. You're in the moment. Right. right. But um, I think that there's a lot of dealing to deal with, with a child, I believe. And that is social isolation. It involves a lot of things. Um, believe me, it involved a lot of loss and a lot and lot of gain, both. So when you're dealing with the aftermath of having to process it, mm. you've gone through it, mm. you're getting through mm. stage one, stage mm. two, you're in action. Mm. And when you're in action, there's the, you're fulfilling the purpose. Mm. Dealing with that afterwards, do you mm. talk about it? Do you, how do you process mm. something like that? How did Viktor pra- Frankl, analyzing people, watching people, talking about meaning, how do you come out of a concentration camp? Mm. How do you come out of having a child uh, one years old mm. with a brain cancer? How do you come out of being diagnosed twice with cancer mm. and a daughter um, and move forward? Do we, do we focus on it or do we move forward? Is the healing in the moving forward? I think the healing is definitely in the moving forward. Um, and it's the way in which you move forward, okay. how you connect with your world and with others. Mm. And the compassion, as Kim said, that mm. one develops mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for people and their situations, which, which is really what took me to the work that I do. Right. And it's what the DL Link does. And we we spoke about there's a camp for kids and mm. Lee Bender who's organizing it. Mm. She, in her world, is the compassion and doing for others. That's mm. what it is. It's this. Mm. The Reaching beyond of, yourself for the, the good of The cycle of the giving. That's it. And, and, yeah. and as you say, these situations bring that about. Mm. Oh, lovely having you on the show, Les. I'm so sorry that we don't have more time. I'd love to do a whole entire show on okay. logotherapy. Thank you for joining us, Such for sharing pleasure. your story. Please come back. Thank you. Will you? Yeah, Thank sure. you very much. Thanks, Nikki. Oh, and thank you Thanks. very much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Wow, I certainly have. It's been, as it always is, an absolute privilege and to be in your company. Thank you for tuning in. Um, from me, Nikki Seberini, until we meet again, take care. Goodbye.